Hello and welcome to Held in Our Hearts Baby Loss Podcast. We are an Edinburgh-based charity providing baby loss counselling and support for bereaved families. We are committed to ensuring that no family has to face their journey of loss alone and we wanted to create this podcast to reach out and share stories, encouraging greater connection and understanding. Join us on our journey as we speak to a wide variety of guest speakers who have been personally affected by baby loss or who have been moved by it. Hi, my name is Nicola. Today I had the pleasure of talking with our peer supporters, Heather, Katie and Lindsay. During the month of August, we launched our Walk With You campaign, which focused on the work of our peer supporters. In this episode, we talk all about peer support, why these three inspiring women became peer supporters, and I posed some questions to them that were sent in to us. We hope this episode answers some of the questions you might have yourself, and maybe you might consider contacting us after hearing this. Perhaps it might even encourage you to consider becoming a peer supporter. As always, if you or anyone you know has been affected by baby loss, please reach out to us at www.heldinourhearts.org.uk or email us at info at heldinourhearts.org.uk. Now let me introduce you to some incredibly inspiring women. So welcome to episode 14 of our podcast. Today's topic is peer support um, and we're going to be joined by some of our amazing peer supporters um, who are going to tell us a little bit more about um, our work of, of the, the role that they do. And also we've been sent a series of questions that we opened up to um, bereaved families so that they could ask some of those questions that perhaps you often think about but don't get the chance to ask us. So thank you so much for that. Um, so I'm Nicola, I'm the Chief Exec at the charity. Um, and I guess if I look back when we're talking about peer support, it was something that I would have really welcomed in my life when my own son died. So I didn't get support in the community the same. It took quite a while before I got some sort of professional support. And um, I do remember the first time that then somebody introduced me to a bereaved parents and how welcome that was. And just to be able to speak to somebody that understood. And I remember coming home and felt like I'd just nodded all night because everything they spoke about, I just all of a sudden felt heard and, and felt like someone got it. And yeah, it felt like that nodding dog when you're just like bouncing your head thinking, yeah, me too, me too. And and really, I, I wish I'd had that earlier on in my journey. So I perhaps didn't feel quite so alone. So we used to call our peer support befriending. Um, and that has existed for the whole length of the charity. We've been providing um, befriending really for over 40 years in the Lothians. And we recently just changed it to peer support to more reflect some of the other health professionals and the term terminology that is used. And also to come away from befriending, I think, seemed a bit like you were a friend and and perhaps that it was a, a lighter role that you played where with peer support, 
it, it kind of um, sits more alongside. We work with health professionals and it just felt like it was a better fit. And actually not everybody knew what befriending meant. I'd actually worked with um, another charity before where they used befriending, but I appreciate it wasn't a terminology that everybody associated with. So um, we changed it to peer support and I think that suits the charity. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now because I've got some other people here who have got lots more interesting things to say about the role that you'd like to hear about, I'm sure. So if you've tuned in, you might be familiar with some of these um, people that I'm about to introduce you to. I have Heather, who's our principal peer supporter. I have Katie, who is a peer supporter as well with the charity. And also Lindsay, who is our peer supporter up in the Highlands. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Nice to have you all here today. Um, I wonder if we should turn to yourself, Heather, first, and you can do a wee introduction. I'll go around everybody, and then maybe we'll come back to you, and you can tell us a little bit more in detail about your role. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. So I'm Heather Taylor, and I've been with the charity for about five years. My first daughter, Ailey, was stillborn at 32 weeks, 26 years ago. Um, and I got a lot of support from the charity back then. Um, so I, I wanted to give back. So that's why so, I'm here. Oh, thanks, Heather. Did you then have a befriender, as it was called at the time? Did you have? No, there was only group support back then. Um, but like like you said, Nicola, I would have loved someone just to sit down with who had gone through a similar thing um, and to be able to chat about what I was going through at the time and um, reassure me that uh, what I was going through was normal. Yeah, because I think it was a, you know, a bit like that postcode, you know, there was sometimes there was a bit of befriending around at the time, um, that 26 years ago, as you said, but that I think the, the sole sort of focus was on that group support. So, yeah, I'm just interested when you said that. Yeah, I wondered if there was somebody around for you. No. And what about yourself, Katie? Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been working as a peer supporter for Hells in Our Hearts for just over a year now. Um, I've been involved with the charity since my son Alex died in February 2018, and I had Nicola as my peer supporter <laughs> to start with then. And yeah, I think I spoke to Nick, you know, a few days after we'd got back from hospital after Alex died. And just to speak to someone who knew how I felt was just like a light coming on. I felt like I was the only person in the world that had ever lost a baby. I had no idea what to do or who to talk to. And so, yeah, for me, talking to someone who'd been there and who had survived it and was you know, years along that journey was just such a massive comfort and, yeah, just made me feel a lot less alone. Oh, how special that we're on this morning and you know, kind of we both know the model of that in a way then, don't we? And I remember our meetings well. They were always so sad because there was a real similarity in our losses, wasn't there? Yeah. It was very similar. Mm, but I think that, that, again, really validated. And actually, our journey after as well was quite similar. And, and I think it helped just to have that person that kind of goes, you know, maybe that little bit of hope for the, the future as well at the time, isn't it? Definitely. Ah, thanks, Katie. And what about yourself, Lindsay? Um, well, I'm Lindsay Donaldson. And I'm the, as Nicola said, I'm the, health, the peer supporter for the Highlands. Um, 
I did my peer support training at the end of last year and I've been supporting families up here since then. Um, Held in the Hearts, they've been in my life for about the last nine years. Just They've just been a lifeline over the years. Um, they supported me through the loss, well, me and my husband, through the loss of my son Hunter at 18 weeks into pregnancy. And then they also supported me through the subsequent loss of my daughter Esme at 22 weeks. And then actually supported me through the pregnancy and also making the difficult decision to terminate my pregnancy with my daughter Freya, who was diagnosed with anencephaly. Um, so yeah, held and hearts have just been a massive lifeline and it's just um, nice that they've kind of followed me up into the Highlands as I moved, moved from Edinburgh up to up to Inverness. So it's been really nice. I know, it was very good timing that you, you happened to move, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I was a very happy person when I heard that as much as I don't get to see you face to face. But um, yeah. oh, and thank you so much for sharing about your your children. You. Um, it always strikes me as um, hard to hear when you tell me about your multiple losses. Um, but I know that the legacy of them will, will encourage and, and help, you know, Definitely. engage with many families up in the Highlands and those different experiences as well and mm -hmm. um, we've spoken about. We're delighted to have you. You're welcome. I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm in awe of you all for being able to, to use your own experience to help another. I think that's at the heart of peer support, isn't it, is that you have chosen to use your lived experience to help another who is, you know, earlier on and in those raw early days and months and weeks that you've all walked before. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just lovely to have you all here. So Heather, you're our principal peer supporter and um, you hold that grand title and you do much work um, and um, manage a lot. But I was wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about what your role looks like. Kind of, I know your average day-to-day -day varies very much, but just about that processing and, and how you support families. Okay, so um, any new referrals that come into the charity, whether that's um, someone who's self-referred or been referred by their midwife, a health visitor, consultant, um, whatever, they will come to me and I will get in touch with the family and offer to give them a call. Um, I quite often think these are going to be short calls and they're often not. Um, I often end up having a good chat with the families um, because they will open up about their loss and I'll also let them know that I'm bereaved too. So we quite often have um, a really good chat on the phone. But what I will also do is let them know a bit more about the charity and the service that we offer. Um, I'll let them know about the peer support, counselling, um, the support groups that we run. Um, and then I would allocate a peer supporter to them. Um, so quite often I'm able to allocate a peer supporter that's gone through something similar. Um, not, not always and not all families need to speak to someone that's had a, a similar experience, um, but all of our peer supporters are bereaved anyway, and uh, I would pass that on to the peer supporter and they would then be their named peer supporter to carry them through um, for as long as, they're, as they need us. So that, that peer supporter then stays with that family, is that right? Like that's the, it's the same person that they then communicate with each time yes that that will be their peer supporter and and it might be that they they get quite um intense support to start with it might be weekly then it might move to fortnightly it may be that they um 
they don't need support for a little while and then they might come back again because they're pregnant again and they will have that peer supporter you know for as long as needed yeah it's, it's just an amazing thing isn't it i mean i when i was bereaved at first i phoned a, a helpline because that's all i had but it was somebody different every time and the third time i phoned them i just remember saying i don't want to tell my story again but i just want to ask if i'll ever be happy and that really sticks with me because i just I find it difficult to, and not that it's not a, a valuable service at the time, but I wanted that person that could weave with me mm-hmm. um, and all the different changes that occurred. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And we can offer that. Um, and I think just the fact that you're reaching out and having that conversation at the beginning and being able to, like you said, validate. Um, and the, and the, the support's flexible, so it can be like in person or. Yeah, you know, however they want, really. Yes, and, and it can be in person. We can go out for a walk with them. It can be on the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever is best for them, whatever suits. Um, it is nice to see families face to face, even if it's only once. Um, just mm. there's something really special, I think, about sitting down in a room with a family, um, especially when it's that first meeting and they're telling you about their precious baby that they've lost, and you can be there for them. But we- yeah, I agree. I know, like in COVID, obviously we couldn't do that, and there's some amazing stories of people meeting up for the first time. And I'm thinking in my head, especially of a family that I supported quite intensely, and just that first meeting was just so special. Um, see them in the flesh, and actually, but the thing was, we felt like we'd known each other like forever almost, and. The relationship hadn't been altered. It was really interesting. But I think, like you say, it's really great just to be able to meet with somebody and just see them for 3D almost, just even if, like you say, even if it's like a few times in that journey. Mm -hmm. But again, it's a bit being flexible. So, Um, well, I've got a series of questions here. So if you're okay, I'll start firing them over. And I'm guessing when we answer them, it will give a little bit more about the work that we do as well. So the first one's a really lovely one. It says, I think, um, a lot about the person's compassion, but does it bring back your own loss when someone asks you about your baby? I was wondering, Lindsay, do you want to kickstart that one off? How'd... Yeah, I mean, I think it does. I mean, we're all, we all, we're all bereaved here and, you know, we've all suffered a loss or losses, and it's, but it doesn't bring it back in a bad way. It's just so lovely sometimes to be asked, you know, what your story is. And, you know, it's such an important part of my life. That's not to say that if someone didn't ask me, I wouldn't be offended because ultimately the peer support is all about the the individual that you're supporting. But it's just nice to be able to talk to someone else without feeling guilty that you're you're making the other person feel awkward. Because quite often we do that, Mm. don't we? You know, we we're telling someone about what we've been through and you can see that awkwardness for someone who just doesn't understand you know and it's yeah. um and we do get a little bit emotional sometimes when we talk about it but it's not I don't find it upsetting because it sat with yeah. me for such a long time um I don't know if you guys feel the and same it's, just it's part of your your life anyway isn't mm-hmm. it in a way yeah. so it's like there is an old phrase about that like bringing them up doesn't remind you they died yeah because you you live with yeah. them every day and I, I really like that point that you've raised and and also that it's okay if they don't ask you about your baby I thought that was a really good point Lindsay mm-hmm. because it's not about you us it's about them and sometimes they want all the details yes. don't they 
of exactly how your baby died and please tell me and others never ask and that's okay totally I often say I'm an open book I I have no nothing to hide about my my losses or my children it's just nice to have a chance to talk about them because you don't get to do that in everyday Mm. life the same as you would if the children were here so yeah yeah it's like an equal conversation isn't it what about yourself Katie how does that work for you I think just the same as yeah, what um, Lindsay said, it's nice to have the opportunity if given, but I think all of us are doing this because we're in a, a stage where we're kind of not come to terms with, but we're okay with our own grief because obviously mm. when we're talking to a parent, it's not about us, it's about them. So if sharing with them is what they want to talk about, um, then yeah, we're all totally open for doing that. But also if they don't want to know, and some people do get, upset if they hear about your loss as well because it's a lot to take on when you're trying to you know cope with your own loss at the start to hear about someone else's story you know just it's more more sadness compounding onto that it's a lot to take when you're just you know you're very much in your own grief whereas for us we're all a bit further along the line um we can we can cope with that Mm. yeah because you raise a really good point because I know that sometimes in the past like certainly years ago when you would go to group support and and people would sometimes pair off and and talk but then what I'd hear sometimes is someone saying oh I I did meet up with somebody but I find it too much for me because they they were coming to me and speaking about their grief a lot and it it was just a bit you know overwhelming so yeah I know another really good point isn't it is that you've all been trained um, and are in a position to hold your own grief um, and be there for somebody else which is it's incredible in itself but I think it's probably important for anybody hearing this who's maybe wondering how it works it really is about you being able to support them isn't it yeah definitely and obviously we have we all have each other as a team to to lean on as well to talk to yeah. talk to each other and we all support each other we're not just individuals on our own talking to families we are we we very much are a team yeah so you can go and share your own stories can't you still it's not like then that isn't there's no place for that which is yeah which there would never be you always got a place to share your babies Heather what about yourself because you know obviously it's 26 years since little Lily died how does that feel when someone talks about or asks you about your loss um like the other peer supporters, you know, I'm happy to talk about my own loss with any family that wants to know. Um, and uh, as I've said, some families want to know absolutely everything, and others they don't ask at all. But it, it's not about me; it's it's about them. Um, so you know, I'm happy to share. And um, like Lindsay said, it's actually really nice to be able to share and talk about Ailey. It's been such a long time for me that it's not something that people are going to ask me friends or family aren't going to talk about Ailey you know when if I bump into someone so it's actually really nice to talk about her it keeps her memory memory alive um through Mm. what I'm doing every day that's wonderful yeah so great to hear oh thank you well hopefully that answered that that question thanks so much for your your feedback I've got two questions which are probably quite similar, actually. So I'll I'll roll them into one. It's sort of asking if you get upset or if it's really hard for for you to like. Do you ever get upset listening to other parents' stories? Um, so do you find yourself ever in that position where 
you're actually it's triggered for you so it kind of links back to maybe a little bit about what we should and what would you do if that was the case um well Lindsay I don't know if you've had that yourself or you felt quite moved um definitely especially I mean I've I'm quite new to the peer support in comparison to the other guys and the, and the volume of people I speak to at the moment is thankfully quite quite you know, smaller than down in Edinburgh but yeah I think especially if you have someone whose loss is very similar to your own and you know it's just mm. happened you can put yourself back into that that space where you feel that raw pain again just even for a moment and it does take you back to that moment doesn't it you know and definitely um, but I think it's just like you say we sit with you know we hold our grief differently we, we sit with it it's been part of our lives for so long it just it comes and goes but it's not near the surface like it is when it it's just so fresh um mm. yeah that's really interesting because like you say it's of course it's going to be triggering and I think if we'd all have gone back to when we were newly bereaved we'd think we'd never be able to listen to something so similar and not be really upset like you know and and then bawling our eyes out it's because most of us all you know remember those days are just endless crying almost I think in the first days and weeks you know I I remember thinking it would never stop I, I really mm-hmm. genuinely thought I would cry every day for the rest of my life I'm pleased to say that 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 hasn't been the case but I think you're right it's the rawness perhaps that's taken away so you might have a wee cry later eh? yeah we're talking after, definitely. But, yeah. but I mean we're all only human and ultimately it comes down to two bereaved parents just trying to navigate life without their child you know but we're just, I'm just further along on the journey than the person I'm speaking to and um, mm. I always think it's like there's always a quote and it's like staying vulnerable is the risk we have to take if we want to experience connection so I think we have to be a bit oh. vulnerable to be able to make that connection with someone and develop that rapport quite quickly Oh, I love that. That is amazing. Cool. You need to send that. Do. Brenny Brown. Yeah. Brenny Brown has a similar that, one. Maybe, maybe just ad-libbed hers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the same. It's like if she talks about like you, you know, to be vulnerable is the only way to be authentic, actually. I think that's what yeah. she links it mm-hmm. with. And authenticity is the key to feeling, you know, heard, I suppose, and validated. That's brilliant. What about yourself, Katie? Um how have you navigated that sadness from the stories and also yourself? I think you definitely do feel it. Obviously, the reason we're doing this job is because we're all quite caring, empathetic people. We're not robots. Um, so you, you do feel for everyone that you talk to. But I think for me, when I'm putting myself, I can remember being at the start and where where they are and just knowing how much it helps to talk to someone and just knowing that I am that someone that they can talk to makes it easier for me to hear if you know what I mean and you can hear when you speak to people even on the phone or if you're in with the person with them even more so you can see the difference between how they sound and how they look at the beginning of the conversation and then you know at the end of the conversation you can see they sound so much lighter and a lot of people even say you know like oh even if they've been really upset in the call by the end they they just sound and and look like they've had a weight lifted off them and just just to be able to share that with someone that they know gets it they don't have to try and explain the unexplainable because you know that that amount of grief is you can't put that into words can you you can you only know what it feels like yeah and so to to be able to share that with someone and you know how much it helps that makes hearing the stories a lot you know you know it's helping someone to hear it so it makes it mm. a lot easier to bear 
And would you would you get upset with somebody on the phone or in person? Have you have you shed a tear together? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have. And and sometimes it is from a similar experience. You know, it can be a really really tiny thing that sometimes someone will say, and it might be something that I didn't actually remember, and it just brings it back for me. And then, and you do get upset, but like Lindsay says, then that's the connection that you've got, and that's the connection you have with that person that you've both lived that and but sometimes mm. it can be something completely different and then then I uh, I guess I am genuinely feeling it for that person because I think well that you know that didn't happen to me but yeah you know, I can hear I'm hearing that and I can understand how hard that must have been and that's really upsetting mm. and I think you raise a really good point like one we're not robots so we're humans and actually it was the same when we were training health professionals we would say to them of course it's okay to shed a tear it's different to you know fall apart and be on the floor wailing and, and uncontrollable grief yourself. But well, I think it shows that you're human. And and when I asked that question, do you shed a tear? Like we were all totally nodding. I know that can't be seen on the recording, but I can share that that everybody was totally nodding to that. That yes, of course we've all cried with a parent, and I'm the same. I I still cry regularly with a parent. Like you know, it's a tear. It's not a really big crying session with them but it's a tear because it hurts it, it, you know we all care so deeply that somebody is suffering that pain and it's a pain we can relate to so why would we not feel upset for them so the next question is about yourselves actually so um you've already told me that you hold a lot of your grief and that you feel upset and, and um, often feel like you're really being upset with others, but don't. So somebody's asking where you go for your own support. So what, what do you do to talk about your loss or to talk about how it's affected you? And don't know if Heather, you want to start that one for us? Yes. Um, well, firstly, we're, we're such a supportive team. Um, everyone is really supportive in the charity of each other. So, you know, if we have had a really upsetting call or meeting with a family, um, we all know that we can get in touch with, with another peer supporter or for, with yourself or one of the counsellors um, if we need to have a chat or even just a cry or a little cuddle. Um, there's always someone that's there to support us. But also we all have supervision and that's um, for an hour a month I will... Um, have a, a Zoom with my external supervisor and that's just my, my time. Um, obviously I'm spending all week um, listening to other people's loss and taking on other people's loss and that's my hour when I can have a good cry, I can talk about um, how I've maybe been aff affected from stuff that I've heard during the week um, and just get my support or I can just talk about Ailey if I want to spend an hour talking about Ailey. That's my chance to do that. That's nice. And I think it's probably important that people hear that, that, you know, you were, we're very good at our supervision. So not only internally, but externally, so that you have a safe space and, and lots of opportunities to explore. But it's, um, it's nice that we've got that between ourselves, isn't it? And mm -hmm. um, I think that's what makes it such a strong team is that we can, We've got the time to, to do that, call somebody up. Um, I'm pleased that you, you use that, certainly. And nice to think that you would be somebody just talk about Ailey for a whole hour. I love that. I love the thought of you going, just be indulgent and talk all about my daughter for this time. And um, it's great. It's, it's so important. Um, what about yourself, Katie? 
Yeah, just the same as um, Heather said, you know, I always know there, there have been times when I've had a, diff a difficult conversation with someone, you know, it's been really hard to hear what they're feeling at the moment and what they've been through. And I have called up one of the team, you know, we've got a WhatsApp, you can just put it out there and say, has anyone got 10 minutes at the moment just for me to give you a call and just mm. say, you know, this has been hard. And, and sometimes, you know, you don't need very much because you know that the other mm. is the same it's the same relationship you know i know that they understand what i'm feeling because they've all been in the same position um it's just lovely to so yeah, it's just lovely to work i mean for anyone to work in somewhere that's so supportive but obviously doing what we do is is so hard emotionally to know that you've got that you're not on your own we're all in it in it together we can mm. all support each other is really important and um yeah like heather was saying i also have um, the supervision once a month where yeah I can talk talk through anything that's affected me that's upset me um, and that's just in my life that's completely unrelated to work as well <laughs> you know there's other things it's just yeah that's for for all of us just as people as well as um, yeah. what's affecting us in our job mm, it's like a human being isn't it it's just feeling well supported in your work but of course you give so much of yourself so it's it's really um for the charity it's very important that that's really robust so nobody's carrying that on their own because our fear of course is that somebody feels overwhelmed or or has some sort of burnout it's really keen that you know you continue to talk and and we, we talk about visceral trauma as well so making sure that you know you're not um triggered um, and I think you just raised a really great point about it coming full circle in so many ways because you're supporting another and then you have somebody else who supports you who's also supporting another it's like it's like the kind of circle of like support goes round and round but in a really nice way isn't it because you you all get you all understand <laughs> so uh that's good that's really good to hear the next question um it's really interesting actually because it's about that journey that families go on and somebody's asked about like how does that ever come to an end because they're saying it must be really hard um and I think we all understand that but I wonder if maybe I could come to you to you Heather because you've probably supported the most families here so there was beginnings and endings and how does that work because you will um you must get really close to people as well or when do you ever go well, that's me better now because it's not really like that, is it? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it can be really difficult because you you do get close to families. You definitely do. And um, we do have boundaries, but we can push them a little bit as well. Um, and we do often, um, you become friendlier with, with some people just naturally as well. But um, it can be quite difficult. Sometimes it happens really naturally and it might be that you're speaking to someone every week and then you know they might say oh I think I could do two weeks now and then they might say oh how about trying a, a month um mm. and then sometimes it just naturally you know comes comes to an end and um it's actually it's it's sad when you're used to speaking to someone every week um but also yeah. it's nice because it means that you know they've reached a stage where they feel that they don't need you just quite as much but they always know that they've got your phone number and they can get back in touch with you. Um, and I always leave it that way with families that, um, you know, if, if you are having a really bad week or there's something that happens, maybe they, they're pregnant again, maybe it's a special anniversary and they just want a little bit of support again, they know they can come back. 
Um, but we, mm. I often um, joke about it like it's breaking up with someone and sometimes it can feel a bit like you're, you're breaking up. But I think we're such a lovely family held in our hearts um, that people that we support, they don't disappear into the blue never to be seen yeah. again often they'll then um do fundraising or you know they might take part in kilt walks or marathons and things like that um so they're always there somewhere in the background mm. oh i love that and i love how actually you said that sometimes it comes from the families themselves um because it's a it is about flexibility isn't it so that's why we don't have any processes we don't have like oh we'll speak to you for the first four weeks every week and then we'll move to because we're all different and our grief's different and it should be led by their needs um so i love that that sometimes they might say i think i'm i think i'm a wee bit okay now to go a bit longer and and how selfless you all are to recognise that then even if you might miss them, which I know you do, it's it's okay because it's like good for them, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And we are very lucky that they, they pop up at events and Christmas service and do some fundraising, so never fully go away. <laughs> Katie, would you say you feel similar to that like kind of um, ending? Uh, definitely. But, you know, the every family is different. And so some families, you might only ever speak to them once or, you know, a couple of times, or you might speak to them once and then not again for months. And then you'll get a text from them saying, you know, something's happened or I just don't feel good. And you'll speak to them again once and then it might be, you know, it looks different for everyone. Some people are regular, but then there are other people who only need that one chat and perhaps they, they need that one chat and then they know that you're there if you need them, but, but that's enough. You know, it's just knowing mm. that someone is there if they did need to talk. Sometimes people don't actually need to do the talking. It's just knowing that you're there if if they need to. Mm. And then that's a really good point. Isn't yeah, it? and, and the... there's different endings as as well. You know, some people will transfer into doing counselling after after speaking for a while. And so, um, once people have transferred to counselling, sometimes I still keep talking to them as well, and sometimes I don't. And so, mm. you know, you know that they're talking to to someone else and I'll still try, I'll still send texts just to, you know, to make sure um, that they're still okay and they're doing the counselling. And some people have done their block, a block of counselling and then actually come back. Um, there's no, there's no route, is there? It's, it's different, it's different for everyone. But like Heather says, it is really lovely that, that I think people, people feel that from us and they know that. So they know that they don't have to be, involved every week but they can come back when they when they need it which is what we want to give isn't it you know we're here Mm. forever you know it doesn't Mm. matter how long how long it's been and it doesn't matter if you're you know you didn't get to speak to us at the start and it's been a long time that this is a place for, for everyone oh how lovely is that I'm just thinking if it was me listening to this and maybe I was bereaved longer ago or more recently and and we just wasn't sure about peer support and maybe I was a little bit anxious I just think what you said there would make me think oh for everybody and and it's flexible and you know I get to decide and that they're always there I can go in and out and nobody is judging that I just think that just sounds just a really safe place isn't it for somebody to come and and maybe that will help somebody reach in. And Lindsay, I'm going to turn it in reverse and ask you how that felt for you, because you mentioned at the beginning when you introduced yourself that you'd been supported by the charity for a little while. 
Do you remember a point where you thought, oh, does that mean I'm coming away from it? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, I think it's just the conversations change over time, don't they? And you mm. notice yourself that you, if you have a second to look back, you see how far you've maybe come and maybe the conversations that you're having aren't so much around all that raw pain and all that kind of the emotion. It's still there, but it's just not something you need to get off your chest all the time. It just, yeah. time kind of changes it. I mean, the grief never leaves you, but it changes over time. And I think... Yeah, you just do notice that maybe you're having more of a two-way conversation and it's more of a friendship developing rather than a you know that that support that you've kind of clung on to for so long it yeah just, it just naturally evolves yeah that's a lovely way of putting it and I mean I've supported families now for 11 years so I can think of so many families in that position where then we were meet up and whether it would be in person or on the phone and actually you find that you're chatting about many many other things and and you can see that actually yeah life is going around that loss a little bit mm -hmm. um so that's a really nice way of putting it actually and we're just glad that yours didn't ever come to a full end and you still you stayed around and did fundraising and still continue to do fundraising and now you're part of the team so it shows shows part of the journey doesn't it and yeah definitely held out to my safety net and they still are even though even though I work for you. But yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. So it doesn't really come. So the answer to that one, it doesn't really ever come to an end, does it? Let's sum it up with that. Yeah. <laughs> so my last question in the series of peer support questions is a really nice one to finish on, actually. It's what is your wish for the future for peer support? So if you had any wish that you'd like to see for it, what would it look like? Um, it's a big question to ask, but... Um, Lindsay, we'll come to you. Mm -hmm. um, why do we think about this? And I was like, I think from a Highlands point of view, I think it would be lovely to eventually, you know, some of the families that I'm speaking to now, maybe one day further down the line, feel that they would want to maybe train as a, a peer supporter and go through that training so they could like, you know, help help me help more families up here because we don't want anyone to be alone at like one of the worst times in their lives. and. It's nice to have people with a range of experience. I think Katie mentioned that earlier. It's good because although you can relate to the loss, it's nice to be able to kind of be able to speak to someone whose story does echo with you for sure. Mm. Oh, that's a lovely answer that maybe in the future some of those bereaved parents will then go on to support others. Yeah, that's a really nice wish. What about yourself, Katie? Yeah, similarly to Lindsay, it's just um, you hope that everyone who wants it wants to talk to someone who's been in a similar position is able to so obviously we speak to as many people as we can um but there's areas of scotland that we we don't particularly cover right now and it would be nice for it not to be a postcode lottery i suppose for the support that you get that thinking that everyone everywhere would have access to it Mm, that's a great wish for the future isn't it I think it's all I'd ever hope for too Katie yeah, so that's fantastic and Heather what would you say to that um, just the same as everyone else to be honest I, um, it's just my wish that no one would go home from hospital without um, knowing where the support is or having the support in place already and that everyone had the chance to speak to a peer supporter and someone that they felt fitted with them so whether that's um, 
whether that's someone from a different um, religious or cultural background or whether that's a couple that are a same-sex couple um you know whatever the circumstances that they they felt there was someone um that they could speak to that i uh, could understand what they were going through oh that's amazing yeah because i think being able to really relate is, is really pulling out is something that gives a real strength to your to the foundations of your grief almost and and maybe actually heather what you're saying there is a really nice reminder that if there's anybody listening to this who is bereaved and feels that maybe they do have the qualities to be a peer supporter, then, you know, sometimes they start out as a bit of a volunteer or sometimes even starting out doing things like backpacking or helping out at events can be a really nice way just to start to get to know the charity and, and to have conversations and realise that maybe I could be a peer supporter, maybe that's something I could do. So, um, yeah, if anyone's listening and thinks maybe that would be something for me, it's always a nice opportunity to to use your grief for better and, and for good. And my last question, um, which we ask all our guests, is if you can share something with me that you're grateful for today. So um, can I come back around to you again, Lindsay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm it's a bit of a cliche, but I am grateful for my children, for all of them. I only mm-hmm. have one at home with me, but I'm grateful for them all. They made me a mum and they changed and shaped the person that I am today. And they brought each of them brought a new happiness and a, and a hope um, to my life. And in many ways, if I knew that I there was no way I could ever have them all at home with me, I still wouldn't change a thing because they all mean so much. Oh, God, I've, like, I've done so well to like hold my tears together and talking about sharing tears and then right at the end, it's like, oh, oh, what an amazing answer. Oh, that's just, yeah, really, really hit that spot. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you, Lindsay. What about yourself, Katie? Something you're grateful for today? I'd like to say today that I'm grateful for health professionals who are there to support families because um, just this morning Heather and I have done some delivered some training for the NHS health professionals of how to how to support families who uh, who lose a baby or a child and I think for myself I know the people that I met who were there for me at the very worst time of my life I will never forget them and they were just incredible to know that such people exist um yeah i think that they're all amazing and the people who come on our training because they want to learn how to support bereaved families um, to the very best of their ability i'm just i'm really grateful to them that they want to learn and that they are there for people because it's so important oh that's just so lovely katie and i really hope if anybody is from nhs listening to this they really feel how heartfelt that is um at a time when i think everybody's stretched and it's a difficult time in NHS. Um, what a lovely piece of gratitude for them. Thank you. Um, and Heather, lastly, what about yourself today? I was going to say my family too, but because Lindsay said that, I will change mine and say the held in our hearts family. Um, every single member of staff, every single volunteer, knitters, runners, people who do fundraising, um, are they're all just so amazing. And um, some people will know that I've had a difficult year um, outside of work and I don't think I would have got through it without all of your support. So 
Thank you. Oh, goodness me, we're going to get all going here. It's like, <laughs> what amazing answers and like how kind um, of you to recognise all, all your team and your families and everybody else, Heather. Oh, amazing answers. I'm going to jump. I'm not meant to jump in, but you know what I'm going to say? I'm really grateful for all of you <laughs> because um, I'm listening to these questions that you've answered and just have so much admiration for you all and the dedication and compassion, love and care that you have for our families. I, I see it every day in what you do. So I'm jumping on the bandwagon and, and finishing with a, my gratitude is also to you all. So thank you so much for today. Thank you for joining us. And we really hope that this has really enhanced um, your learning and understanding of what our peer support does. Thanks very much. Thanks again to Heather, Katie and Lindsay for talking to me today and sharing their stories of loss and their journey of hope for themselves and the families they support. I find it really uplifting and inspiring to talk to them. Please remember we're here to support you and we understand. Please visit www.heldinerhearts.org.uk or email info at heldinerhearts.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. 